0: Well, I guess we've been at this about 15 years now, I guess, since we started doing initiations and this action of soul awakening and what we call soul liberation and this path to sun and light. I think we, I think it was September of 2002 that we started it directly. As many of you know, some of the history with Jim, he's been doing this since he was 18 years old this action of sharing about spirit and supporting people and the coming into greater awareness of who they are as a spiritual being and how to help balance and all through the mind, the emotions, and the body. But since basically the end of 2002 there, so the last 15 years, you could say we've kind of really more refined or pinpointed our focus and the action we do specifically about the awakening of the soul and that journey of the soul back home into that oneness with God and we've been letting go over the years of we've had a lot of focus of well how is that expression of loving of who we are as a spirit in this creation in this mind these emotions this imagination this body in helping to bring that into alignment so that we can begin to really wake up and know who more we are as a spiritual being so we've taken those steps over the years up through 2002 to just directly more focused on the spiritual action of the soul um, and not so much, you know, giving as much focus or attention to the physical actions of the soul in this world, but really more about the soul in its return home to God. And so these last 15 years, it's really been about that. And it's been, I guess, in a way, a, a new generation of ILM in that regard. And And since Jim had been doing Interlight Ministries as an organization since the mid-80s until then, so almost, just shy of 20 years, so almost a generation. And um, we've been uh, almost a generation, I guess, doing, doing this. And as many of you know, the last few years, we've been having some changes, I guess, uh, realigning even more, n- not only to technology as we've been doing with the new website and the video broadcasting, but part of that action, even on changes in our own organization, We've had, um, you know, rearranging, simplifying and letting go and getting more focused and efficient in a lot of ways and other people stepping forward to support and the action we're doing here. So it's been quite a process over the years to say the least. But in that, it's all been about that one primary focus of really serving that divine movement of loving or the action of the soul's journey not only through this creation physically, but truly about the journey of the soul throughout all of creation from when God created the soul, who we really are, and as that soul is really moved and expressed and lived through the spiritual regions and then into this creation of time and space or sometimes referred to as the tree of knowledge of good and evil, to have the experience here, and believe me, if you knew how long you've really been in this creation, just experiencing this one tree in the Garden of Eden, so to speak, it's pretty amazing. If you can even you can't comprehend eternity, eternity, infinite, never ending. The mind cannot truly comprehend that. It's just a thought, a concept to the mind, a belief. But what is that really, the true action and the living experience of that? Well, the soul, who we really are, does know that, is experiencing, is living that. And all we've done in this physical creation is lose sight of that. We just simply forgot. In a sense, you could say this realm of knowledge or the mind has clouded that awareness of that eternal knowing of who we are. And we begin to then believe that shroud, so to speak, of finite, there's a beginning and an end. And so we've been living this beginning and end or birth and death over and over and over for a long time. Call it the ends of times, millions of years. Or what are they estimating now, this physical universe from 14 billion years? And what if this isn't even the first physical universe that we've experienced? That's a long time. (laughs) There's a lot we can experience and learn through our experience in that journey. And it really is a journey. And that's the key. Because at some point, each and every one of us is going to begin to realize One, we can't really die. Physically, the body can. But who we are in that conscious awareness, just like in meditation, we said, who is that one that is aware? That's who we are. Where we focus our attention, that is who we are. That is that attention itself, let alone where we're focusing it. And it's that action that we are attempting to remember or awaken, to experience and to live, once again, more directly, more fully, rather than the experience of who we think we are as a human being, with the mind, with thoughts, with feelings, emotions, our fantasies, our imagination, and all of our physical experience. That's who we have believed ourselves to be for a long time. But somewhere in that journey through time there is going to come a point when each divine spark that God has created and sent in this creation of time and space is going to begin the action of what we could call completion or finishing, learning about this realm of time and space. And so if you feel yourself moved or inspired or interested in what we share here, well, that itself is a little indicator that you're coming to that point in your own journey. You said we've only been doing this 15 years here in ILM. Well, how many years it's been going on, though, is a whole other story. So in a sense, we're just getting started this lifetime. But it's something we want to begin to look at in our own journey. You know, the questions like, who are we? Who am I really? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? Is there really life beyond this physical level? Or do I just become nothing? What is all that? I think, therefore I am. Really? All these things that through the ages have been talked about, discussed, but yet no matter how much has been talked about or discussed, does that even really matter? Does it even matter right now talking about it? Does it matter? But if you begin to pay attention to you, yourself, that part of you that is aware, that hears me right now, who is that listening? What is that that can hear me, that can see me, that can feel something going on? That part that is aware and conscious is the part that we speak to and the part that we are attempting to support into coming into its awakeful state once again, to, in a sense, to arise from the slumber to awaken once again out of that deep sleep. Some of you may be familiar, such as William Shakespeare, like the Midsummer Night's Dream, or other references, to really we're in, living in but a dream. In this creation, it is a, the soul is asleep and dreaming. So what is it to really awaken from this dream and once again know who we really are? And that awakefulness, well, that's what we're doing here. In Inner Light Ministries, we're here to share about that process of awakening from the dream to really know who we are, not as an idea or a belief. We don't want to discuss belief systems here. We're not into theologies. We're about personal experience, reality, not in the real world, in the real reality of spirit to let go of what people think is the real world as an outer focus. But the real world inside here, because what happens when we close our eyes? What happens when we take our last breath? What happens to the real world? It's not there anymore. Well then what is this who I am as this conscious being? What happens to that? Well that's where if you're wondering about that, you're in the right place. Because that's the part that we want to really awaken and have greater awareness and knowing of that. And so when we go into meditation, not only talk about it so we understand how to do it, but to go into that action of meditation where we can go more deeply into that beingness, that conscious, sentient being that we are. It's so funny how it works, because often when we go there, we'll start to fall asleep, go unconscious. body goes asleep, we go into a dream state. Maybe going into that dream state while we're meditating is actually waking up. <laughs> what if we just turn it around instead of thinking we're awake when we're conscious physically? in asleep when we go, when the body falls asleep, what if we turn that around and realize that when we're awake physically, we're actually asleep spiritually? Because my experience has been, as my body goes to sleep, and as I become more and more aware and awake through that dream state, some people call it lucid dreaming, We could call it out-of-body experience or spiritual visions. Well, that's what we're in the process of doing is waking up on the other side of this asleep state. And that's what this action of meditation supports us in doing is to become awake and conscious once again of who we really are as that living, loving expression Of that beingness of God. That light. Consciousness itself. That is ever alive and eternal. That is not finite. That is not asleep. Never does sleep. Isn't it funny even when the body falls asleep. We go into dreams. So are we ever really asleep? Or do we just lose awareness of one level of consciousness and move our awareness to another level of consciousness. That's really what's going on. So we have to begin to redefine how we even look at our experience here. The physical consciousness has been so conditioned into I'm awake, I'm asleep. So we've got to even begin to let go of our current belief systems and our conditioning, to even open a space in our consciousness. Well, look at how we moved into meditation and I talked about opening, relaxing, receiving. That opening it is a process of letting go of all the conditioning that would keep our awareness limited, believing what we see here, feel, touch here through the physical senses, in thinking all that other stuff through dream states and other what we'd call spiritual things, ah, oh, they're not real. Figments of my imagination, just a dream. Well, what if that was more real than our physical experience here? But you see, that's a conversation I don't even want to get into. What's the point? Because we could talk about, well, the physical is not real. What about the imagination? What about what about my dreams itself? Those are all just levels of the conscious experience that we go through as the soul is in its process of awakening to know the truth of who it is in that truest, realist place, often referred to as the kingdom of heaven, the many mansions. The kingdom of God, the heart of God, the ocean of loving, the soul realm, the spiritual realms. It's like we have here, you see up here. That is what we're awakening to as we move into meditation. We are literally in a process of waking up and allowing all that which has been asleep to let go. To fall away. So that we can begin to realize that truth of what is this inner light? What is spirit? What is God? Who are we? And just like anything in life, the more attention we give it, the more time we take with it, the more energy we put into it, the more awareness we're going to have through our experience. And that's what we're doing here. That's why we gather and share about it. That's why we take the time to meditate. That's why we do the retreats we do. And meditate 10% of the day, every day. So that we really take the time and put in the energy to really begin to have experience and know all of that, that we are. Because if all we ever do is this keeps things... Focused physically, we never give ourselves the opportunity to know really a higher truth, to know who we are on those higher levels. So here we go. Here we go on a new journey, or a renewal of a journey, or an opening. But are we willing to let go of our past, of what we know, or what we think we know, what we've experienced? Are we willing to let it go? Because eventually it's going to come to that place. We can hang on for dear life. And even up to that last breath, where we literally can't hang on to this physical life anymore, we have to let go of even this body at some point. But even in that letting go of the body in the last breath, what if we are still hanging on to our attachments in the world, to our belief systems, to what we think or feel and we don't want to let that go and we struggle so hard to try to control. To control. Why do we spend so much time controlling ourselves, controlling our lives? Think about it, how much energy do you put into controlling your life and what happens and where you want to happen, not only yourself but the people around you? How much do you control your spouse, how much do you control your kids? how much do you try to control your coworkers? How much do you try to control the weather, right?? <laughs> Even our thoughts, we're trying to control our thoughts and how we feel. I want to be happy all the time. I don't want to ever be sad or hurt or angry or upset. Think about it. How much time do we spend trying to control how we feel emotionally, let alone physically? You ever paid attention to that? Well, maybe it's time to pay attention to some of that and begin to realize All of that that we're ever trying to control is how we actually keep ourselves suppressed, asleep, and unaware. We do that ourselves. Even if we learned it from somebody else. We now have taken that and made it our own and so now we do it to ourselves and we try to promote it and do it to everybody else. Oh, I'm a good parent. I've taught everybody else how to be controlling and suppressed and asleep (laughs) now. That's really what we're doing. Oh, I'm trying to teach some good ethics and morals to my kids. Are you? Or are you just trying to control them to get them to think, feel, and be the way you are? What if we let go of control? Oh, I can't let go of control. Then they'd have no morals and ethics. They're already misbehaving in bed it would be really bad if I let go of trying to control them. How do you know? You've never let go of trying to control them, so how do you know? They still go do what they want to do anyway, no matter what you try to control them, right? So why are you wasting so much time and all the pain and struggle that comes with trying to control everybody around you and yourself? It gets tiring after a while, doesn't it? Well, maybe that tiredness is not a bad thing because eventually when we get too tired, we don't have the energy to control anymore. And so we finally let go. So you know what, I'm too tired, I don't care anymore, I've had enough, just go do whatever the hell you want. I just don't care anymore, I'm sick of it. And then all of a sudden when you really let go, then all of a sudden everything gets better, easier. All the kids who are misbehaving all of a sudden start to behave a little better. They actually do have some morals and ethics and you're like, wow, what happened? I was the hellion in my family and now I'm a minister? What? Probably the last person you'd think is going to be doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Right, Mom and Dad? (laughs) They're watching every every month we do this so I always get an email from my mom every time after we're done with class she's probably laughing right now I wish I had a camera to see it the other way into who's watching so yeah life is strange that way but this action spiritually it takes conscious choice there really is freedom of choice karma we think we're the victim of our karmas but we've got to remember the ones we're the ones who created the soul is loving and creative so through our loving and creativity we set ourselves up for these lessons our karmas of according to how we've created and then all of a sudden we feel like we're the victim now to that which we've put into motion thinking it's some outside source doing it to us oh they're doing this to me if it weren't for them it'd be different now, realizing we're the ones who literally set our lives into motion. But when we play the victim, we don't realize, well, I could make a different choice and change the course that I'm currently going down. But when we're caught up in that movement, we often feel like we have no choice, no power. We feel disempowered, controlled, victimized. And yes, that's a lot of what the world does. That's what the world does. The world is controlling, victimizing, bullying. It's all about control here. That's what the ego does. Because that is how the ego stays alive and empowered by keeping the soul asleep. Because as soon as we begin to wake up and know who we are, well, it's a state of freedom. Unconditional, no conditions. Unconditional loving. That state of freedom... Realizing anything's possible. We can do whatever we want. But in this world, you don't want to do whatever you want because then it'd be chaos, right? Everybody would be crazy. So the world tries to control under the false belief. Yes, I call it false. Under the false belief that we need to control otherwise all hell would break loose. But yet nobody's willing to let go of all the control to let hell break loose, not realizing maybe if you let hell break loose, all of a sudden it all come to peace. Because once hell broke loose, well why do you think hell's all so pissed? Because it's controlled and imprisoned, so all hell's gonna break loose because it's trying to break loose from being imprisoned. Well once you give hell its freedom, maybe it'll calm down and become peaceful. Oh I never looked at it that way most people don't and most people don't give themselves a chance because they're ever trying to control their own hells inside but that control of trying to control our own hells is exactly how we keep ourselves imprisoned and disempowered we're the victim to our own ways and means or methods our own mind and emotions But the day we can begin, well, first it begins as looking at it differently, like maybe listening and considering what I'm saying here. We start to do the meditation to open ourselves. And in that process, when we begin to do that, something starts to change inside where we actually begin to consider the possibilities that maybe there is a different way that's nicer, to say the least. But more peaceful, more joyful, more loving, more relaxed, and definitely freer in the movement and experience rather than as controlling out of fear of all hell breaking loose. It just takes a little time. We're not saying you got to do anything overnight. It's going to be a natural, gradual process as you choose God and choose to meditate and develop that relationship of loving with the divine within yourself. The divinity within you will naturally just permeate all these areas we're trying to control and just relax the grip and little by little let go and the changes occur over time on their own. So it's a smoother Easier process to digest rather than all hell breaking loose. But once in a while, it seems like all hell does break loose. But often when it's an action of choosing into God, the grace comes in and smooths it out. And then all of a sudden we're like, wow, I'm glad I let go. But getting to that point of letting go is the big one. I know that's the biggest challenge for everybody. Because that means we've got to now really face our fears that we're afraid of. Because we truly believe inside of ourselves that if we let go, the fear is going to rise up and the worst is going to happen. The, the funny thing is, because it is kind of funny actually, the exact opposite is what happens. Hell doesn't break loose, heaven rises is what happens. Because all we've done is suppress the truth of who we are is that inner light, the soul. And as soon as we let go of control, we release and let that inner light come forward and shine and so that awakening takes place of who we are and then are restored back to our true being that is peaceful, joyful, and loving. And then we go, whoa, what, what happened to hell that I was afraid of going to break loose? That was just how you felt and what you believed. It wasn't true. It was a lie you've told yourself or somebody else told you and you believed it. That's all it is. But until you give yourself the chance to not only consider what I'm saying now, but give yourself the chance to actually put it into motion, you're not going to know. We're not even asking you to do this. We're just sharing with you, giving you opportunity that you may realize there are other options that you could consider. And it's up to you to choose for yourself freely. We don't try to convince, persuade, or make anything happen for anybody. We're here simply sharing a greater understanding that we know for ourselves. And there's some of you that are interested in looking at that and maybe even trying it out for yourself. That's great. Try it out. If you like it, do more of it. If you don't like it, then don't do it. Take a step back. Go back to what you're doing and all your pain suffering and misery and controlling hell so it doesn't break loose. After a while, you'll realize you don't have the energy for it anymore. Then you'll realize at some point it was never true to begin with. And then you'll be grateful for the day you let the bastard out. Who's that bastard? Well, our fear is it's the satanic, Luciferian fears inside of us, all those dark, negative things. But we've given so much power to those false beliefs. All we have to do is let go of that and let that power come back to ourselves. I will tell you this. There is nothing more powerful than you that is that living, loving expression of God. There is no power greater than that. If you realize you as a living, loving expression of God is the one who created all of this, that means you have the power to discreate it, to let it go. But you've got to give yourself that opportunity and make those choices for that to take place. It's important to understand that. Yes, in the beginning it takes a little bit of trust belief or faith in yourself or in the words we're sharing here but as you allow yourself to take those steps to have your own experience you'll discover and know for yourself and find your way we're here to just help point a way or lead away but it's up to you to take those steps in that direction and find out and have your own experience and you'll realize you're the one in control always have been you're the one with the power, always have been. But I will say this. Sometimes we can't do it on our own. Have you ever heard that one? Well, I want to be independent. i got to do it on my own. Well, guess how we got here in the first place. The ego wants to do it all on its own. I don't need God. Isn't that what Lucifer did? The fallen angel? I don't need you. I'll do it on my own. Well, God's still giving Lucifer the chance after all this time to keep doing it on his own, not realizing he's feeding off the loving and energy and life of God to do it. (laughs) Well, guess what the ego is a little child of? Just as the soul is a child of God, the ego is a child of that other father, the dark one, right? But why fear that? We only fear that because we don't understand it, it's unknown. Not even realizing we're giving life to it by fearing it. The day we let go of our fears, the day we stop giving life to that ego and its father. If you realize that light of loving of who you are is the greatest power in any universe, then what is there ever to fear? That's all you have to do is realize that and let go of the fear. And then you'll see you have a power greater than any of that in the world. And in that, you'll be restored and rise above it and begin to really see the falseness, the illusion of what it all is. That's a joyful day. And we'll continue to be after that, realizing the power you have But it's not a power like you would think as the ego to control and to get its way. It's a very different experience when you experience the power of the soul. Because loving truly accepts and embraces all things, including the fear itself. Because the loving realizes not only is there nothing to fear, but loving is what creates it all to begin with. And then in that freedom of choice, you'll begin creating what you really want out of an expression of loving and continuing to forgive, to accept and to let go of all the things you've been fearing or trying to control. It's actually a a very simple, natural process that's a lot smoother than one would think because I know when those emotions stir up, it doesn't feel that way. But it's that disturbance in the emotions that tries to keep things as they are and under control. So you've got to be willing to go through those disturbances. Believe me, you'll find a peace and ease on the other side. But here's the thing God's given us a gift to assist us in that process. And that's the other action that we share here, besides the action of how to do the meditation the action that empowers that meditation. Who you are as a soul is all there is, really. It's the greatest power. But if we've given that power away, in other words, the key that opens the door, shuts the door, locks the door to the prison cell, your house, whatever you want to call it, well, if you lose the key, if you lock the door and lock yourself in and lose the key, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, you need to find the key, right? Well, I could just kick the door down open. Yeah, go ahead and try. It's what the ego thinks it can do. So we'll try all these things until eventually we realize and come to the place of realizing there's nothing we can do and we give up. And that giving up is an important part in the journey because it's in that giving up is where we'll begin now to turn and ask for assistance not realizing we're actually turning to God. At first we'll begin to turn maybe to other people, to groups, to books, trying to get the information. How can I get out of this mess I created? But in that turning, we'll begin to seek out the help and the assistance to try to get out of that prison where we're experiencing so much pain or disturbance, looking for the keys, the answers, to assist us, to move into a more loving, peaceful experience. And so eventually, along that journey of searching, well, seeking you shall find, right? Not even knowing that it's God supporting us all along. It's just that it takes so frickin' long that sometimes we wonder what's happening and lose sight once in a while. But even in that, when we lose sight or lose our patience, we're still being supported anyway. And eventually God brings us to that place where we can begin now the journey of awakening more directly, more consciously. Not just by coincidence. Not just by, wow, that was good luck. But really consciously out of choice. Because when we can make a choice, we are taking responsibility. And that is part of the action that is going on here. As souls we are learning how to take responsibility and to be creators. God is loving and creative and God made the soul in the likeness of himself. Loving and creative. So when we have the power of creativity, we've got to learn well what is that? How does that work? We only learn by doing it. So in this world we're creating positive and negative, good and bad. Pleasant and, pl- and painful. We're learning. That's what we're doing here. So, as we learn that process, some of the things we learn help to give us freedom, and other things we learn imprison us. So, that which we've learned to imprison ourselves, that's often where we need the assistance to get out of prison. So, at some point in the journey, God's going to bring us to that place where we received that gift. That key, that master key that unlocks all the doors. Not just one door. There's actually quite a few doors we've imprisoned ourselves behind. But that master key is that greatest gift that God gives every soul, nobody's excluded, every single soul gets that gift when that soul is ready and asks for it it is time because we won't have any interest awareness anything at all of an understanding it'll be completely unknown to us when we're still in the process of learning about our creativity and all the control involved on this level but when that time comes, when we've learned a lot of that and we're wrapping the lessons up, in a sense, we've been locked up in the university. We have our little dorm room. Where we're, we're, we're able to roam the hallways and go to the classrooms. But we're locked up on the campus. We realize, wow, there's like barbed wires and electrical fences surrounding the campus, but they're a little bit farther out so you don't see them. You just see the green fields and pretty trees. And you think, oh, this is so pleasant. And then if you venture out a little ways, one, you'll get some security guards coming and telling you, can't go beyond those boundaries. You'll be wondering, well, why not? Then one day you'll sneak out at night to go beyond those boundaries. So the prison guards, or prison guards, I mean security guards for the campus. Yeah, it's not a prison. The security guards at the university in your best interest to keep you safe you slip out and realize on the other side of those boundaries there is the barbed wire and fences and all they try to keep you in. So you realize, wow, I am in a prison. And as soon as you have that awareness, all you can think about is how do I get out of here? What is beyond all of this? Well, if you're listening to this talk, you're already beginning to wonder that. You wouldn't be drawn here or interested otherwise. You would have heard about what we're doing here. you go, no, nope, not for me. Some crazy-ass cult. Who knows, man? You go, wow, they're not so crazy anyway. They act crazy, but wow. The sanity, the understanding, the wisdom. And I'm not just talking about myself. <laughs> Well then we really begin the the quest, the questioning. What is beyond those boundaries? Why do I feel so limited, imprisoned, controlled? And then we really do begin to search. Yeah, we keep going to classes, we keep doing all the same old stuff, but quietly and secretly, we're on a new mission that nobody knows about that we sneak out at night. Trying to find beyond the boundaries and the way out. slipped by the security guards. And so as we begin to do that, we begin to discover a few things. We keep doing the charade of the world, doing all the classes, studying and all that. Do what we're supposed to do in the world because this is what the world asks and requires. And if we don't do it, we get punished. Oh, you got to see? Well, that's just passing. You get a D or E, oh okay, we're gonna punish you to do better. You're gonna learn your lessons and we're gonna make sure you're gonna learn your lessons. And then at some point you're gonna realize there's been a professor. One of your classes. You've always wondered about it. It seemed kind of interesting, but he appeared normal like everybody else, participating just like everybody else, but there was something different about them. And one day, in your awareness, you start to have the conversation. Then in secret, the professor says, come meet me after class, my private office. I've got something to share with you because you're asking the right questions that nobody else is. We've got an advanced course, extra credit, to help you get beyond the learning in this school. In fact, it'll show you the way out of the school. And so begins a new teaching. It's hard to talk once in a while when the love's pouring through. that's the gift that the Holy Spirit brings that God has for the soul that's really ready. That master key that we call the initiation the sacred name of God the master key That the professor has for every student that is in that university that is unknown, not made aware of, that is only recognized when the soul itself comes to the place and realizes something different about certain people and begins to seek after, to ask to want to know. When we have that inside of ourselves, that's how we know we're on the real journey of return. We will seek out, and we won't stop until we find that answer and that way by which we really can graduate or slip past the security guards, but even go beyond the campus itself and see what's really out there. Well, that's the journey of the soul, leaving this physical creation. To see what's out beyond the boundaries of this physicality, not just this planet, the whole physical universe itself. But we need that assistance that the professor gives, that master teacher that has the understanding, that wisdom, the truth to share with the student So the student gains that understanding for themselves. But not only that, but they are given that key, that instrument or tool by which now they can apply what they've learned. To also experience and know what that professor's teaching. We've gotta be given the knowledge the information but we've got to be given the tools to do it as well and to realize that help and assistance is always there always has been we just had to come to that place to recognize it and to ask and then to take what we're given and to do something with it Jim did a talk once called a key not used opens nothing you can get all the wisdom but if you do nothing with it it opens nothing for you so the keys that you're given you've got to utilize to open those doors and walk through them and that's what we do here we give those keys to open the doors and then we even support you on how to walk through those doors and what to do and how to handle those things that are on the other side of those doors that you've got to handle and work with to keep moving beyond the boundaries that would limit and control us that's why we've got to have the continual classes tutoring because each step of the way, we've got more lessons. Just like we have grades 1 through 12 in higher education, as we call it. There's always more learning. That's why we go to school and take classes. It's no different here spiritually. It's the same process. Just a very different action. and takes a lot of awareness. Because it's a spiritual action, not a physical or mental one. So that takes time to develop those inner sensitivities, those inner skills, those inner senses to even be aware, to learn about ourselves, to learn about how that divine movement takes place, how we fit in the scheme of things, what our part is to do, how to work with it. So that's what we're doing here. Yes, there's a lot, and it can seem complex, but actually, it's very simple. But within that simplicity, when you can go into that one point, that one light we do in meditation, it is within that, that is God, that everything comes out of everything. I've experienced that. To go into that light and to know that you are one with God and to know that everything comes out of God, everything, every experience, every thought, every feeling, everything bar nothing in existence and the knowing of that is what we're talking about. That's where we're going to arrive. That's what's on the other side of these boundaries that these security guards are so seriously trying to protect. Because they would be without a job if all the students graduate and go beyond where they can't even go. What would be the point of their existence, right? We all need purpose. My purpose is negative or positive? I still have purpose. But the day we can let go of having to have a purpose in this creation, negative or positive, is the day we begin to discover what lays beyond those boundaries in those spiritual realms.